What is up, guys? My name is Logan Tremont, and this is the Defying Odds podcast. Today, I have on a friend of mine, uh, a client of ours, Jason Portnoy. He first got in business in 2009, where he founded a clothing brand called True Rivalry. He got that to 250 retail stores across North America. Then he actually decided he didn't want to do that anymore. He started Jport Media, which is now a seven-figure agency that has made $200 million in revenue profitably for its clients. He also has a coaching program. He has his own podcast called Perfectly Mentored, and he is a family man. So Jason, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate of course. it. Good being so, here. Yeah, it's good to talk to you again. Um, so let's go back to the beginning. In 2009, you were starting this clothing brand. Like, How did you initially get started? Like, What, intri- what was intriguing about business and entrepreneurship to you? Was working at a job, absolutely hated it. Um, trouble with authority. Uh, I had to come in and work every day, but my boss was watching DVDs in their office. Um, I'm like, this sucks. Uh, I don't wanna do this anymore. Had no clue about entrepreneurship. Never really wanted to be an entrepreneur. Never really wanted to go into business. I just thought I'd have like a cool job. I thought I was actually gonna be a lawyer. Went to law school. I like applied, got into law school twice, rejected, uh, rejected it, and and just never went. Uh, so I thought that was gonna be my career. Um, had no clue what I wanted to do, and so I had a dream about this like one T-shirt in sports. Like I was like, this is gonna be a cool T-shirt. And I was like, cool, I'm going to start a t-shirt brand. And I literally, I don't recommend people do this, but I quit my job and I'm like, I'm going to go start a t-shirt company. Uh, Usually people vet their idea out first and I'm a big fan of that. Vet it out, see if there's a demand for it, then go quit your job or figure out what you want to do. Um, Impulsive and young and stupid and just thought, well, I hate authority. I hate hate my boss. I I don't like this work. I'm just going to go quit and start a clothing brand. Uh, But it worked out. And uh, the first go around was rough, spent a lot of money, uh, miserably, uh, failed. The, the, the brand, I had to go back and take a, a, another job for a little bit. And then I was like, no, you know what? I half-assed this. We're going to do things right a little bit. Got in touch with Damon John. Uh, that's a whole story in itself. He mentored me. And then that second go around was, was, was what I needed. I was like, okay, I learned my lesson going to go do things the right way, going to go learn how to do things, a little less impulsive, um, but still rely on my gut and get the guidance I need and and see if I can make this, uh, see if I could have a go at this. And then you came to the conclusion that the clothing brand was not right for you. Um, so how did you realize that that wasn't what you wanted to do? I wasn't happy. Uh I wish I could take all credit for it, but it was more my wife. My wife said, you know, you're miserable. I asked you a question about, uh, about business and you, and you know, you, you shut down. Someone asked you a marketing question on how they grow their business. And you just start chatting the ears off for, for an hour. I was doing a lot of free lunches with people who saw what I did with my brand and wanted, wanted my help. So getting very involved with Facebook ads at the time, you know, that was very intriguing and I loved that. Um, but I think I fell in love with it a little bit too late because if I would have probably six months earlier, I probably would have stayed and tried to use my marketing knowledge to to continue to push through and and take advantage of a new platform. But it was too late. I was already 
mentally checked out. And I made a decision that, you know, happiness matters most. And I probably stayed in, in, in doing it a bit too long, worried about what other people would think. You know, why is he leaving? It must have failed. Oh, it must have been doing bad. Oh, he couldn't hack it. Oh, he couldn't do this. And I let all those voices keep me in a position that I didn't want to be in for way too long. And finally, the only voice I needed to hear, aside from my wife's, was my own. And I guess she helped it click inside me. And I was like, you know what? Forget this. And I said, I'm out. I'm just going to... I remember I even wrote a blog post about why I was leaving. And I posted it on a time where I was going away for a weekend and didn't have like cell phone reception. So I just like shut down and I was like, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm going to come back. There's going to either be backlash on this or but the response was actually really, really cool. And that's how I, I even told my family and friends that I was leaving. It was through a blog post that the whole internet got to see. Um, I just didn't want anyone to influence my decision. And I, I was confident where I was and I just wanted to like, just have my peace with, with, with it for a little bit. And so the only person knew was really my wife. And then I decided I was cool. I was going to help other people grow their businesses. I have a marketing talent. And that's what I think I was meant um, to do on this planet for, for a bit. So this was a good stepping stone. Got me to learn a lot. And at the end of the day, you got to follow what makes you happy. I've noticed in talking with you that you have a really good ability to ask simple yet intelligent questions so this is a two-parter where did you learn or find those questions or like learn how to ask yourself them um and what are some daily examples that you consistently ask yourself to keep yourself on track to keep yourself in check uh the second one a really good question I'll, I'll, i'll answer the first one just practice right you know i i do i i have a podcast so I get to I get to interview people, but if you could go listen to the first episode of the podcast, I don't think you'd be giving me that compliment. I think you'd be like, "Man, <laughs> dude, this is awful." <laughs> um, I think you just get better, and you and you start to you start to realize you treat it almost the same way you would like a sales call. Um, you start asking questions, and and you start developing a pattern, right? You you start to know where things connect for people and where they don't. And most, most of us are all the same and we, we have, we just have a different story maybe to tell, but you know, human psychology is the same. So you start figuring it out and how do you, how do I press on that point a little bit faster? How do I get to this a little bit faster? How do I not let this person ramble on? Um, you know, how do I just get to the things I need to know right out of the gate? And I'm also a no BS person, right? So I don't like the sugarcoat. I don't like to make the whole small talk and ramble and like, whole introductory just here's the, here's the question Let, let's let's just get straight to it and every sales call that i've ever been on was kind of the same way i'd be like look if i could help you like let's let's eliminate the whole sales pressure from this conversation if i could help you let's do it if i can't i'll say so and and you know i think when people get on a sales call or they or they get on an interview they think it's one way i'm Logan wants to be a, a client of mine. I'm going to see if he's a good fit to be a client of mine. But at the same time, I need to be a good fit for you too. So you're coming on that call seeing, am I a good fit to you? And I'm coming on the call seeing if you're a good fit for me. At some time, at some point, we have to reconcile that difference because it's a different conversation. So if I could right out of the gate be like, look, at the end of this conversation, I'm going to make you an offer. So don't be surprised but I'll only make it if I think I could help you. If we could understand that and agree with that now, 
and you just say, cool, we could get on. It doesn't have to be a pressure sales call. Let's just, let's just have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you kind of go on that way. So I think I just practice is, is the answer and questions I ask myself every single day. I don't really have many, like I journal a lot. So like the questions I ask myself are more just like, how am I feeling in certain areas of my life? Like out of 10, but I don't really ask myself many questions. I mean, one question that I've tried to ask myself, if, you know, if, you know, if today was the most perfect day in the world, what would it look like? And then I just try to do it, but that's easier said than done. But honestly, it's just practice. Like people who do podcasts, they ask me all the time, Hey, how'd you get started? How'd you get these people on? How'd you do this? How'd you do that? Like I did a bunch of really, 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 really bad episodes. (laughs) And then you, and then something happens. You tend to get a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So what is one piece of advice that when you got it, it really changed the game for you? Quantum. If you if you go study quantum physics and understand the way the world and universe works, it's going to sound really woo-woo. And I was very anti-woo-woo for a long time, um, up until maybe around a year and a half ago. And then I started getting really going down the rabbit hole. That's been game changer. I wish I knew this a long time ago that, that you design the life you want first and then we build it. And everything that you've gotten in your life, at some point you designed, you designed it and you've had, everyone's had that feeling of like, man, I did this. And I, it's crazy because like a year ago I was saying I was going to do this. Well, yeah, you created it and, and, and you did it, but now can we be deliberate in our action? Can we visualize where we want our, our business and our life to be in 10 years and see that crystal clear and then work towards it and then avoid all the noise and work towards that? So I think designing and knowing exactly what I want and visualizations and all that, I think that's been absolute game changer. Do you have anything that you do even if it's not conscious where you like when you want to do something in your life where you start thinking about it and then do you build a plan to do it i've heard quotes from tony robbins where he says this where like he goes from thinking to planning to actually scheduling and nothing actually comes about until you start scheduling the thing that isn't even in your life yet um i don't know if i schedule the things that aren't in my life yet but i definitely schedule thinking time which is which has been super important. But every morning, uh, this was, I mean, Craig Ballantyne with a mixture of, you know, one of my coaches, Taylor Welch, a, a lot of these people put together something that, that kind of I've I've kind of utilized. Um, some people call it the morning formula, where you kind of visualize what like that perfect life looks like for you and or what your perfect day looks like. So I go like 10 years in the future, I could with, crystal clear, you know, theater of the mind, visualize what that day kind of looks like for me. And my kids from the morning, from the time I wake up to the smells, the taste, everything. So I kind of read everything, the person I want to be in 10 years from now, I read that every single morning. I kind of go through all of that. Um, And that's work because you start going through it and you're like, man, I don't know if I want this. I don't know if I want that. Why do I want this? And you start questioning a lot of different things. You start building it out. Uh, but that's like my one routine. And I think instead of scheduling it, it's learning to be, um, 
one of my coaches taught me, learn to be grateful for the things that you don't have yet, but as if you had it. So, you know, can you be like, if you know you want, you know, uh, to go on like 18 vacations a year or whatever, can you be grateful for the fact that you went on 18 vacations when you haven't even went on one yet? And if you could start developing that pattern, you start acting as if that person, you're, you're that person. And then it's without a doubt, like, it's going to sound really, really rude to people who aren't in this, but I, I, I'm telling you, this has been game changer. And like over a decade in business, this is the one thing I wish I went back and learned from day one. I think it would have, honestly, I think I would have been way, way, way more ahead if I learned this day one. It's, it's really like, can you, like everything that you want already happened. So can you be patient enough to act that through? And do you know what you want? Can you tell, can you, can you be crystal clear? And like people are like, I want a car. Universe doesn't understand car. What What's a car? Do you know the model? Can you see the seats? Can you picture yourself driving down the street? And can you picture yourself going to the dealership and buying it? You know, every little thing. Can you picture turning the radio station and seeing, and seeing what you're listening to up on the screen? Like that's how crystal clear we need to get. If you could do that, it's, it's game changer. So you mentioned a lot recently that you're learning this with your coach or your coach walks you through this. I understand how valuable it is to have your own coach. Um, but from your point of view, um, how does it help? How does a coach help you break through different limiting beliefs? How does a coach help you just become a better version of yourself? So a good coach will not know, just solve your problem for you, but teach you how to think. Um, and I've had coaches in the past that we've solved certain business issues, but if we don't get through the, the mind issues, the confidence issues, the belief issues, the, what you want issues, then it doesn't really matter. You're going to build absolutely like it's everything you build is going to, is going to break. Like it just, it won't work. And then you'll get stuck and wonder why you got stuck again. I think having a, coach is the ultimate cheat code. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaching. So um, when I charge for coaching, I don't feel bad about it because I just know how valuable it is. Um, and if it's not me, it gets someone else. You, you, I think the most important thing is you have to like the person. You have to trust the, the person it's coming from. There's got to be some sort of good vibe between the two of you. Um, and and yeah, and and I'd interview coach just as much as, as much as possible. I'll always interview the people you're going to take advice from. Um, otherwise, you're just going to get a bunch of crap advice, and there's a lot of that out there. So I think it's it's the cheat code because if I could see what I, we don't know what we don't know. And the most valuable advice is to see what's coming around the corner. So to have somebody that could be like, hey, stay clear of this alley. Oh, hey, by the way, you're going down a dark spot. That's not the right way. Get out of here because if you go down this route, this is what's going to happen to you and you don't want to go there. So I know you you have that itch. Scratch it by doing this instead um, and just keep you on point. And, you know, even from a confidence side of things, from a, from a mindset side of things, it's important. But then I've had coaches who are like, hey, look, they've done, they've done like 300 million in revenue and they're like, you want to get here? Here's, here's the game plan. And so if I could pay to avoid years, years of doing it on my own or banging my head against the wall or 
People think, okay, I'm going to pay $10,000 for a coach. That's a lot of money. Trust me, you going out alone, you can pay way more than $10,000 in mistakes. So if I could pay $10,000 to, to fast track that and ROI that money a lot faster, I'm all for it. I, I, I'll buy back time as much as possible. It, Jay Abraham calls that the dumb tax. Mm. <laughs> he said you can yeah. pay somebody else to learn how to you know, cut decades into days, or you can pay the dumb tax yourself. Uh, it costed him hundreds of millions of dollars in dumb tax just from not paying somebody else uh, how to learn and grow and develop faster. Yeah, and, and you're not just paying that person, right? That person hired coaches and paid $100,000 to their coaches. So like, someone's like, hey, I want to work with Jay Abraham. Well, if you can't afford Jay Abraham, who did Jay Abraham coach, right? And go pay that person who's built their businesses, but also had Jay Abraham as a coach because you're going to get their knowledge that they got from Jay Abraham. So anyone that I coach doesn't just get my point of view. They get it by me. You know, I've spoken to some of the smartest people on the planet. I've hired some of the best coaches on the planet. I've paid the money. I've I've made the mistakes. They're they're getting all that. So when you get a coach, you're, you're getting you're getting the experience and the wisdom that they've paid lots of money to go get. I mean, if you're if you're debating whether a coach or not, I'd just go find someone who's successful that you know that's really really successful, and ask them if they've ever had a coach, and the answer is most likely going to be yes. And so, I mean, there's your answer. If you're like, oh, I don't know if I should get a coach, you know, I don't think having a coach is worth it. Michael Jordan has a coach. Lady Gaga has a vocal coach, right? Lady Gaga as a vocal coach. Imagine being that vocal coach. Like, I'm going to teach Lady Gaga how to sing. Like, <laughs> best one of the best voices on the planet has a vocal coach, right? Like, everyone. Michael Jordan, like, what are you going to teach Michael Jordan? Right? Like, uh, from a basketball point, has a coach. They all do. Um, and, you know, if you're a professional athlete, you have multiple, right? You have your coach on the team. You have your trainer. You have a mindset coach. You have all these different people. So, I mean, it... I. I think we're past the point of debating whether a coach is, is a necessity or not or important enough to invest in. If you're still on the fence and you don't know um, and you're stuck, that's why you're stuck. If you could go back and talk to your younger self, what is one thing that you would say? Um, don't worry. Don't worry, it all works out. It's all going to be good. I think we have so much fear and we don't take chances, especially when we're younger. I mean, man, I wish I could go back to my my teens and 20s and take just more chances. Like, you know, you're 20 listening right now and you're like, should I go over to that girl? Should I go over to that guy? Should I ask them out? What if they say no? The, you know, I... I this isn't a fear of mine because, you know, I, I think I found a really, really great partner. So I, I, I don't, I don't have this regret, but, but it's, it's the best example that someone gave me a long time ago. Is like, what would you rather get rejected by that like girl or spend the rest of your life wondering if that girl was the one that got away and you never had your opportunity and what your life could have been like, we fear rejection, but but I think the the fear of rejection or the fear of doing something is actually worse than the fear itself a lot of times. So, you know, like 
I use this for everything I do. You're going to jump into a cold plunge, for example. You could sit, put your foot in, debate, and, t- and talk yourself out of a million different things. Or you could just shut up and jump in. You're going to go in anyways. So why go through the mental exercise and the anguish? You're going to go in. You're going to go do it. Just go do it. So I tell myself, don't worry. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just go, go, go do it. Like, just take those take those extra chances. Roll the dice. Like, every like stop worrying about how everything's going to end up. It's going to, it's all going to work out. Next, I want to ask you about your, how you keep your personal and work life separate. So like, what are some of the rules, some of the boundaries, some of the beliefs you have around a healthy work life balance? Uh, I, I'll preface this with saying that I'm not perfect and I'm like every entrepreneur trying to figure that trying to figure out the best ways and I make mistakes and sometimes it bleeds over into each one. Uh, my belief is that my work life isn't my personal life. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they carry their work problems back into their personal life or their self-worth is wrapped up into their work. A client leaves them, they feel worthless as a person. Um, it takes a lot of work to realize, but like, like a client paid you $50,000 or they walked out on you doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me as a person. I go home to an amazing wife and, and three kids. Like my life goes on. It has nothing to do with my personal worth. And I think a lot of people mix that up. Um, I also believe that if you're an entrepreneur, that there doesn't necessarily have to be a divide, right? My wife is a partner on this journey with me. So she should be involved in, in understanding what's happening in the business. I think as my kids grow up, I want them to know what's going on. I want them to be be part of it. I want them to come with me and hear dad speak on stage or, or dad go to an event and, 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 and learn and become, and become better. Um, any coach I have to like benefit from that as well. So I think, I think, you know, they're, they're part of it. So I don't think there has to be a complete divide, but, um, I try clients usually don't have my cell phone number. We try to keep that in Slack. I don't really answer emails. Like everything's in Slack. I have an assistant who, who manages my email for me. So I know even now in Slack, I, I check like three times a day. Uh, if it's important and gets flagged to me, my team knows how to reach me. Uh, but we try to keep the channels the same. Like clients should be speaking to the people doing the work. I'm running a business, right? So I'm not involved in the day-to-day as much anymore. So we try to keep that that same. And, and I put in systems in place to protect those boundaries, right? I, like if you can't do it, and I know that's a weakness of mine, that at 7 p.m. I'm going to want to check what's going on. Um, I put a systems in place that I don't have to, that if anything urgent is going to pop up, I'm going to be notified right, by the people who have direct access to me. So if I don't get notified about something, I know there's no fires, so there's no need for me to check. So you kind of free up the ability to do all that stuff. I'm getting better now, like just leaving my phone away when I get home and just being with the kids as much as possible, trying to do that. Sometimes I go home early. And it's smack in the middle of like work stuff. So I kind of have to tie up the loose ends. Um, but yeah, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. It's it, But you you put in as many boundaries and rules and systems in place to protect it. If it's important to you, 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 you work on it to fix it. And I think every day is a work in progress for me. What is a business or personal lesson that you think is not talked about enough? Comparison. I think we we watch the Gary V's, we watch, you know, the the Tony Robbins, we watch our idols, 
And nowadays with social media, it's very easy to not see their lives. It used to be you watch them on TV and be like, man, that's cool. Or you go mm-hmm. see your rock, your favorite musician, and you see them on stage and you're like, that's super cool. I'd, I'd love to be on stage one day. And then it ended there. But now you see like the highlights of their life. Oh, I would love to be on a private jet sitting there. Oh, I'd love to be at the Super Bowl watching at the 50 yard line like this rock star. So it, it gets now we're seeing all aspects and we're and we're we have these desires that we never really wanted before until we started seeing other people living them and only the best parts of it, right? They're not showing you, man, they they're late in their hotel room. They can't go outside because they have and they're lonely or, or whatever, or, you know, they're depressed because they, they feel like no one understands. Like comparison, especially with social media is so dangerous because we don't have context. You have no context. So even like as a marketer, I used to see other marketers do stuff. I'm like, oh, we should try that. But you don't know, are they testing something that, mm-hmm. that like just a crazy idea? Like, are they, are they, do they have a separate budget? Like you have no context into what everyone's doing that. And I think, I think we all want the end result, but we don't want to pay the price to get there. And even the ones like the Gary V's, everyone, oh, I'd love to be Gary V. Would you, would you really like, What's his relationship like with his family now? Like what? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not judging. I, I really don't know. But like, imagine like he doesn't talk to his kids. Imagine like he's divorced now. Like what? Like, are you willing to to sacrifice those things? So I think we want a lot of things, but I think social media has done that. And it's kind of very, very dangerous because we want things and then we're not willing to pay the price to get there. And even if we were to pay the price there, get there, we wouldn't pay the price to stay there. And so we just think we want those things and we work towards it just in spite of our own happiness. And I think that's very dangerous. And I think that's why a lot of people like you see it, there's depression, there's mental, uh, there's mental illness more than ever before. There's anxiety, you know, a 17 year old kid should not feel anxious. Like you should not feel anxious at 17. Like, like you should be living life and having fun. Um, So I think, I think it's dangerous at the same time. I love social media, but we have to be, aware of, of comparison. So I think that's a lesson that's, that's not definitely not talked about nearly enough. I've had uh, a few different instances in the past year where I was able to get closer to like very high level people, um, people who I've looked up to pretty much my entire life. And, um, I remember I had two different like thought processes, thought processes when I got close to them. One was like, they do it's like that I really underestimated what it took for them to get to where they are. Like it was 20, 30 years. Um, so I had that, but then I also had the thought of like, this dude isn't like, he's not a superhero. You know, he just did the one simple thing. Like he, they're very similar to how I feel like I am. They just did it for years and years and much longer than most people. It's a great it's a great point you just brought up because I look at people like like you I've got access to some of the like through the podcast I was able to to meet and talk with some there's no one it's not intelligence that's the difference maker none of these people are just way more intelligent than you or or I think it comes down to two things they think and or believe differently than you so they have a different way of thinking and a different belief pattern than you do. So you may have limiting beliefs. You may have scarcity mindset. You may have 
you know, a whole messed up uh, notion about money, for example, and how money works. And these people don't. So they think, believe, and therefore behave differently than you. And that's what gets them there. Heads very rarely to do a success. And most people know enough to be very, very, very dangerous. Like, but that they still search for more knowledge, another course, another this. Oh, if only I knew this better. Most people have enough to be very, very, very lethal and, and dangerous in their profession, but they have a belief pattern or, or a thinking pattern that's that's just not there yet. And on this topic, how do you personally measure success internally? Oof, that is a very good question. Um, and as you say that, I, I'm, I'm realizing that I, I should do a better job at it. So yeah, no, very good question. Cause I don't, I should, cause I measure everything else. I like, I should, um, I think it's, am I, am I happy? Right? Like at the end of the day, you know, can I go to bed at night? feeling totally blessed and grateful and being like, if I had to relive today over again, what would, would, would I have done it differently? And if not, then use that knowledge to go forward for the next day. Um, but I, I, I think that's just what it comes down to. Like we were just talking about this as a team the other day, like we just had a, a, a new baby uh, around like three weeks ago, almost four weeks ago. And right before around or three, four months ago, we were ready to push on the gas hard. We had all these things ready to launch, ready to go, ready to go, ready to go. And I literally slammed on the brakes like probably around a month ago, right before the baby was born. I'm like, what am I doing? I, I cannot do this. Like, like I'm about to have a newborn. And chances are it's our last baby. Like we have three. Um, and I'm like, I like I want to experience all this. Like I I can't do this, and plus I can't strand my wife with this. Like uh, like we we gotta we gotta do this. I gotta pump on the brakes a little bit. And for the first time, like in a long time, I felt totally at peace with that decision. Normally it's go go go. How do I build? And the stress and the anxiousness is like, why aren't we growing fast enough? Why aren't we doing this? But like imagine like always having that feeling. Then all of a sudden when you're like, I know I'm actually gonna just take a moment and I'm actually gonna slow everything down. And now you're like, wait. Everything you were complaining about for the last year and a half, you were ready to solve. And now you're going to not do it, but now you're at total peace with it. So I think we, 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 we start to understand in our own calibration a little bit better as we get older, as we get better, as we get more experience that like, that makes me happy. So did we sign three new clients today? No. Is it because, you know, I left at 12 p.m. to go spend the day with my newborn if I wanted to? What What's more important to me, right? I, I rather, I'd rather do that. So I'm okay with it. I live with the decision. So I think just if we could measure our own internal happiness and, again, can I go to bed knowing that I did the right thing at the right time or, or knowing I did the right thing based off my own beliefs and it's the only way I, I I could choose to live right now so I don't I'm sorry I don't have a better answer for you but it's something I I definitely need to get better at measuring myself because we measure everything in our business um and you're right we I think I think the lesson from that question is I don't think we do enough to measure 
you know, the thing that really matters, which is our personal life. Yeah. And to touch on that, I think right now my business is doing the best it's ever had. But I remember the time when I was the happiest in my life. It was when I was the least focused on growing, actually on growing the business. Um, this was like three years ago after I had a bunch of health issues happen. Um, and I actually had an ostomy bag. So I, my intestine was all messed up. I just had intestine surgery and I was going to the bathroom through a bag. And my only wow. focus throughout this, it was probably like a six long period. My only focus was to wake up and make progress in my health because I was really, really sick. So I remember like every day I would wake up at 6 a.m. and go on a run every single day. That's all mm. I did. Um, and I was just so incredibly happy. And there was like nothing else I was focused on besides getting better with my health, like making my body better. Um, and now, like now I have less health problems, a lot less health problems. I'm healthier than ever. The business is growing faster than it, better than ever. Um, and I don't have that level of happiness that I had back then. No, but you're, 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 you're right with, with, um, with the health thing. And like, if you didn't get better, there would be no business. Yeah. So, but then we get so entrenched with the business that, that we, that we forget, like we think one thing has to be sacrificed, but we don't, we build the business based off the life we want, not the life around the business we want. So I think that's a very important distinction. And I think everyone, if they design what they want their life to look like, and then say, cool, how do I build a business that gets me that? They'll realize, oh, I don't need a billion dollar business. Oh, I don't need to do 400 million revenue. To live the life I want, I just need to make you know, 100,000 a year or 200,000 a year. So how do I build a business that gets me that? Instead of just having the mimetic desires of thinking what everyone else wants, I'm gonna go get, you know, this is someone else's wants. You know, they watch every, like, goes back to social media, goes back to comparison. You take the wants based off the person you're following, they want to do this. So I think I should want to do this. They want a Rolex. So I think I should want a Rolex. They want a Lamborghini. I think I should want a Lamborghini. They fly private. I should want to fly private versus if they just step back and be like, life I want, perfect life. What does that look like? Cool. Now let's build the business that supports that. And then they start realizing that like, doesn't matter. Client fires you. Doesn't matter. Still living in your life. New client comes. What should I pitch? Well, you know what you need to pitch. You know what you should say yes to. You know what you should say no to because it's all planned out. Mm -hmm. And where I was getting at with that is like um, right now the business where I'm pitching bigger deals than I ever have in my entire life. Um, and on the contrary, we've lost some contracts that are bigger than I could ever imagine like two years ago. And it doesn't bother me at all. Like I'm pitching much bigger deals. And if it doesn't go through, I'm like, that's I have one side of the spectrum. I'm like, that is a big chunk of change. But at the same yep. time, I'm like, I know that even if we would have landed this, it's not like crazy exciting to me because I get my happiness and joy elsewhere. And and what are you going to have to do to earn that big amount? Like, what are you like? Everyone's like, oh, I want to close the $400,000 deal. Do you? Like, you don't know the bureaucracy that goes through a lot of those big deals. You don't know the, yeah. the time. The more money, like they, like, actually, that's not really true because I think the less money they pay you, the the bigger headaches. But the more money they pay, <laughs> yeah. the less headaches. But yeah. there's still there's still more work that has to go into it. So, mm -hmm. again, you're smart. You you start to realize what you want, and and you know, like, if it doesn't work out, cool. It's just not 
meant on 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 that journey. It's just going to lead to something else. Yeah. So my last question: What is your biggest value add to anyone listening? This can be a book recommendation. This can be a podcast recommendation. A gadget that you use on a daily basis. A habit that you do on a daily basis. What is your biggest value add? Your biggest thing that people should actually execute on if they're listening with this? I mean, I feel because I just said how important it was that this changed my entire life is the visualization, is the every morning reading what your life looks like. What's your, what does your bio say? Like, imagine giving yourself a eulogy almost. You know, what would people say about you? What do you want your legacy to be? What does your day look like? If you have to design the most perfect day, right, and go through it with crystal clarity, like, you wake up, it's 427, you look over, you see your spouse sleeping, you know, you get up, you're, you're tired, but grateful for the day. Like you go out, you go work out, like be specific and walk through every little step of the way, what you're wearing, how you're feeling, design that, and then stick to reading that out every single day. You start seeing how like, you start slowly, something happens. It's a really, really weird, magical thing that may not happen the first time. But then you start like acting like that person. And it's almost like you start seeking advice from that person. Man, what would Jason 10 years from now say to do? Like what's he like how how do how would he analyze this deal? How would he analyze this? What would he say to do? And you get like that that almost like that 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 belief of like you know everything's going to happen anyways. So I would say that whole morning formula, go look at The Perfect Day by Craig Valentine. Go read like what Taylor Welch has to say about those things. Message me. I'll be more than happy to walk you through what mine is. Um, you know, like like I, I would say I would say that. That and, and probably um, journaling has been a really, really cool thing for me because I thought like I have a lot of thoughts, but I didn't have a good way to like synthesize it and put it out there. But you start looking back at your journals from like, three months ago, four months ago, it's funny the things that we were like so worried about. Mm -hmm. And then you go back in and be like, uh, man, this all worked out. Like, like funny. You said it was going to work out and here's, here's what happened. Yeah. I love looking back in my, I have a ton of journals just filled with daily thoughts, questions, whatever. I love looking back and like seeing the things that I was doing a year ago. And I'm like, yeah, even just a year ago, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I feel yeah. like I, I learned so quick that like, Three months ago, six months ago, there's just some things that I thought were big deals that now it's like just something I do every day. <laughs> yeah, and and that's only even get better, right? That you're gonna be looking yeah. at like, and you're gonna be like, man, we just pitched this crazy big deal, and in three years from now, you're gonna be like, that was a crazy big deal. <laughs> like yeah. that, that's what I thought a big deal was. Like, man, I'm so off. Yeah. But in the moment, it's fun, and and I think it's great to look back to from a perspective side of things. So when you're down, you look back at like where you were like six months ago, what you were complaining about, and you're like, man, perspective. Awesome. Well, that's all I have. Um, do you want to give yourself a little plug? Uh, sure. I mean, if you like what you're here and you want to work together, whether it's we run ads for you or you're looking for help to grow your business um, from a coaching side, from a consulting side, uh, jportnoy.com is the easiest place. Plus, I, you know, I put out a ton of stuff for free on social media. So head on over to social media uh, at Jason Portnoy on most channels or my podcast, Perfectly Mentored. 
and I'll put all of the links for that stuff below. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.